Hello, and welcome to the Property Solopreneur podcast, a show for property investors and developers who want to build and grow their own profitable businesses. I'm sharing with you my decades of property experience and interviewing many other successful property people who are happy to share their varied and priceless knowledge freely. Business doesn't need to be hard, and nor do you need to be lucky. But as a certified strategist, I know you need a plan to work to. And a good start is by listening to other people's successes and failures. Why reinvent the wheel? This allows us to have a more in-depth knowledge of the wider property world. Welcome to this week's Property Solopreneur. And we all enter the property sphere in a different way, for different reasons, and with a different pot of money. None of us are the same. I started from day one building my portfolio. I had a small deposit from selling a car and by buying, renovating and refinancing, I could just rinse and repeat and that got me going. But for some people, that's not an option. They've got to look for a way to enter property with the minimum of funds and that's where rent to rent comes in. Now, if you've not come across rent to rent, it may seem frankly ludicrous and a bit out there as ideas go because what it is in a nutshell is one landlord renting off another landlord in order to rent out tenants. And for those of us who don't do it or don't know very much about it, there seems to be an added layer of bureaucracy there. Now, Giuseppe and his wife, Jilly, started their business with a rent-to-rent strategy. They knew it was the way forward for them. And they knew as well that once they'd set it up, they weren't going to faff about. They weren't going to play at it. They were all in, ready to scale and to grow to where it needed to be. Now, I often quote Giuseppe to my clients because, yes, he wanted his financial targets to be hit. You know, he had a very successful career in corporate. He knew all about delivering financial targets. But on the strategy session we had, it was clear that for him, it was time freedom that was his motivation. And so it was my job to guide and to coax and to ensure that they could get the best out of every hour that they were going to work in their business. And that meant we had to do an in-depth analysis of what skills they had and what they really wanted and how they really wanted to work and what they had to learn how to outsource and what they had to learn to let go. Well, a few years down the line now, and 10 hours a week is what Giuseppe's input into his business is, because his business is running effectively, efficiently, and profitably. It's doing exactly what he wants it to do. What does that appeal to you? Or are you in a hamster wheel? You know, are you finding that day to day you're working so hard in your business that you can't work on your business? And if you can't work on your business, you're never going to have the time to scale and grow and to actually find a way to hit those goals. Well, if you want to know more about working with me, go to my website, racheltroughton.com. And don't forget I spell my name, A-E-L, or contact me via social media. You know, the links are in the show notes. Let's get a Zoom call booked in and see if we can work together. And by the way, I forgot to mention, so I'll just mention this before I introduce Giuseppe. Those landlords that I was talking about, the ones he rents off, Well, they have very clear objectives and financial long-term goals too. He is part of their plans. They aren't desperate, they aren't nearly bankrupt, and they're not inept. Do you know there's so much more to property and rent-to-rent than meets the eye? Well, welcome to the Property Solopreneur, and who are you and what do you do? Hi, Rachel. My name is Giuseppe Leone, and uh, I'm a property investor, and uh, I live and invest in Bristol, as you can tell from my accent, clearly. And (laughs) Sorry. Uh, I started my career working for Shell, the oil company. I started in Milano, where I come from, and then I moved to Hamburg and then to London. 
And then in 2014, while I was still working for Shell, I decided I want to go into properties. And um, the reason for that is because when I was a kid, I always wanted to become an architect. I want to see a floor plan to get always excited. It's as sad as that, <laughs> but I love it. And uh, by that time, I didn't know anything about property. I didn't have a huge amount of money up front. And uh, so I just Googled something like property strategy, which do not require a lot of money up front and uh, rent rent come up. And uh, when I read it, I thought, hmm, it looks a little bit of a, of a scam, but as usual, I'm open-minded. And what I did is I went and uh, to a course for two days, fell in love with the strategy, and then I got uh, my first mentor who just kicked off my, my strategy and my, my business. It was that combination of learning and knowing other people had done it that gave you that leap Absolutely. of faith because you were very in the corporate I was, world. I was, and and I love yeah. it as well. But I want to create uh, an additional business because I want to give something to the next generation, and uh, if they behave, as I keep telling my kids. And um, and uh, and what triggered me is uh, is a sad situation when my mom passed away in two thousand eight. She was a pensioner, and when she passed away, the pension disappeared. So I thought, well, if I die tomorrow morning, which I had no plan to do, but you never know what happens. Uh, I said, what do I leave to my family, you know? And so I thought, if I build something that is tangible, it can be passed over to the next generation, I will feel much better. Yeah. So that's why you're doing it. But why rent to rent? Because people always perceive it as being the cheap way in. But I've, you know, I'm working yeah. with you and I've been in your building, so I'm not no, cheap. No, they are not. So why, why rent to rent straight away? Because I know you've now got portfolio, but you started on rent to rent. Yeah, the reason for rent to rent is because it's a pure cash flow strategy. So my first, I, as you were teaching me as well, when I choose a strategy, I always give a task to the strategy. In fact, to rent to rent, I gave four strategies, four tasks. The first one was, I want to replace my salary, my wife's salary, and uh, through pure cash flow. And uh, we achieved that uh, year one for my wife and year three for, for me. And then uh, task number two, I want the rent-to-rent business to fuel my life, so to live the life as I want. But then uh, I also want the rent-to-rent to give me extra cash because my end goal was always to build my own portfolio because uh, rent-to-rent is great, but you don't own the assets. And in the long term, you must always uh, own the assets if you want to build wealth, you know? So I basically use rent rent as my own bank. So after two, three years, I scale up so big that then I had extra cash that I used then to build my portfolios through the BRR, buy refurbish refinance. And the way I did it is I had an uh, investor who was giving me the money to buy cash the property, and I put my own money for the refurb. So I showed that I had skin in the game, which I personally think is very important. And then I, I yes. project manage all the refurb. And, uh, you know, six months later, I went to the bank and, uh, you know, get a mortgage and I repay back my, my investor capital plus interest. And I got out probably 30, 40% of my own money. And then I restarted again. So I recycled your cash. Basically. Actually, but you also, you make it sound terribly easy, but you set up a really good, solid, business from the start. And one of the things that I particularly liked was that you went, well, I'm not just doing any old rent to rent. I'm going to niche. So why did you niche and what did you niche into? So that's absolutely correct. So what I thought is I can go, you know, in a standard normal house, you know, magnolia walls, a brown carpet, but I call that market at Vietnam. It's a war because everybody's there. And the only way to win uh, is yeah. 
you lower your prices. And then you got a product that personally I would not be proud of. So what they decide to do is to niche in the top market, 10% of the market, which is the luxurious one. And I couple it also with the fact that I'm Italian. My wife speaks five languages. So what we decided at the beginning is was just to niche on the luxurious market for foreigners who were living in, in Bristol. So what we did is we were posting on Facebook group for Italians in Bristol, in Italian, French in Bristol, in French, Spanish in Bristol, in, in, uh, in Spanish. And, uh, and the beauty of that is because you communicate with your clients, my tenants, their own language, they trust you straight away. And in fact, a lot of times I rented probably when they were still with mom and daddy in Italy, Spain, wherever they were. Okay. Because they trust me because we speak the same language. We come from the same country and so on. And uh, that's the way we started. And, uh, you know, there were not that many people doing that in Bristol. And, um, and that was the start of our 10 years journey. And absolutely. And that, that is the thing. It, it, it you turned a negative into a massive positive. Yeah. Um, because many people would go, they would hear the accent, know you're Italian and go, well, how, how's he going to succeed in Bristol? No one's going to understand a word he says for a start. And, and, you know, all those sorts of things. And you just go, hang on a second. There are so many people here. I've got skills you don't even know about. So let's really concentrate on them and, and then get going. So you started off and you, you'd got your first one. How did you, and I know you've worked hard on it. How did you stop being completely in the business and getting hands on the business and growing it? Because to be quite honest, to do what you've done takes more than 24 hours a day. Yeah. Instead, I work just 10 hours a week the first year. And um, and yeah. the, the reason I succeed is because, first of all, I put a lot of um, procedures and system in place. When I was in Shell, yeah. one of my few last two jobs was process manager. So my goal was really to streamline the processes, automate them as much as possible. And um, so that you don't need to, to work 24 hours a day. So what I did at the beginning is I did everything myself with Jillian because it's very important at the beginning you understand how the business runs. Oh, then absolutely. I created an operating procedure with, you know, even a screenshot. There's a level of detail that I always said, even my son that at that time was three years old, if he can read it, he can do it, okay? So that's the level of detail you need to go. And that's the proof that, you know, it doesn't matter who is going to do it. If he follows literally what is there, the task will be executed the way you, the owner of the business, want the task to be executed. And then gives me, you know, as you know, I love control. <laughs> but <laughs> a lot. But that's a way for me to, to feel comf comfortable to outsource or delegate. Absolutely. That's a really good thing for people because a lot of entrepreneurs are yeah. control freaks. And it's the nature of the game, isn't it? It's quicker for me to do it if I do it myself. No one can do it as well as me. Excellent. All those kind of things. And then when you do first hand something to someone else, it inevitably goes wrong because you've chosen the wrong person to give it to you and all that kind of thing. You know, you just had to sort of knuckle down and go, it's got to work. If it's not the right person first time, I'll get another one and then another one. And then when did you know you'd got the right team in place? Yeah, that's exactly what has happened. So the first person we hired, she lasted 48 hours. <laughs> we hired her on uh, on Friday and she was sacked on Monday. <laughs> and uh, the second one lasts for six months. And the last one, she's still I'm working for us seven years later. Okay, so you need to... 
to try. Sometimes you are lucky, you you know, you win the first time. Sometimes it's not. But uh, you are right. The beginning, even with Sarah, you know, the one that is still working for me now, the beginning, yeah. she was not perfect. But uh, I knew that I had to give, uh, you know, a little bit of leeway on, uh, and uh, be a little bit flexible. I said, okay, not going to be perfect. But even if she does 70% per uh, perfect and thirty percent not not well is still better than if I do hundred percent myself. And um, absolutely, that, that, that is actually key, isn't it? It's never going to be a hundred percent. And uh, it, uh, to be fair, in property, it doesn't need to be hundred percent. To be honest, and uh, you know, I'm a control freak, a perfectionist, so the worst on the planet. Okay, <laughs> but uh, in properties, you cannot be neither those two things. So if eighty ninety percent is done properly, it's good enough. Absolutely, you know? and so. Did you, because you had processes and systems, did you use special software? How did you set this whole thing up? Yeah. Yeah. I use a lot of, a couple of software. So I've got a CRM system, a customer relationship management system called yes. Podio. And uh, and I bought one that was already set up for property management. And, uh, you know, I got, I don't know if they can see it, but I've got my mobile phone in my hand. And, um, and it's brilliant because... Uh, Wherever you are on this planet, as long as there is an internet connection, you are on top of your business. You can control your business, which is one of the reasons why I went into property. It will never be passive income. Whoever tells you that is passive, I don't think anyone, you know, you are much more experienced than me. It doesn't exist. Okay. But what it does yeah. exist is flexibility on when you work and where you work from. And that is called for me quality of time, because if I can work wherever I want to be and whenever I want, I live the life in my terms, okay? Like, uh, you know, I've got two very talented, supportive kids, you know? So a lot of times at 2.30 p.m., my working day has to stop because I get my full-time job as a taxi driver for my kids, you know? <laughs> so I pick them up and take them to sport <laughs> training or events. But, you know, I can do it and I love doing it. Does it mean that maybe in the evening I need to work? Yes, sometimes yes, but that's okay. Because I spent time with my family and so on. Two weeks ago, I was in Lanzarote for a week on a holiday. And, you know, I enjoyed the day on the beach and so on. And then in the evening, I was working a little bit. I even run, you know, I'm a mentor in Rent to Rent. And I run a mentoring session from there. And th but that's called yeah, quality of, of life, you know. Because, you know, I was yes. in a swimming pool two hours earlier, you know, 25 degrees. And then, you know. And then <laughs> there is worse than oh, that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> so, wait, so you, you've built the business that you want and you've got the rent to rent and you've got your portfolio slowly growing side by side. Are you someone who's going to pay that down over time or are you always going no, to have to? Absolutely not. And that's, you know, I, I said 10 minutes ago that I gave four tasks to rent to rent. We went to task number three, which was to, to build my portfolio. And uh, now the last task is the extra. Now my portfolio, portfolio gives me the money to live in the way I want to live. Okay, and so all the profit from rent to rent now, I'm using it to pay down my 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 mortgages because the ultimate goal right, is to have a debt-free uh, portfolio. So that's exactly where I am at the moment, and. Um, it's quite exciting, to be honest, you know, because... Uh... <laughs> well, it is. And it also means that you don't have to... When when interest rates start soaring and the government bring in legislation, you don't think, oh, my word, my whole business is going to go down the tubes because 
by not being leveraged to the eyeballs and having paid down. There's so much flexibility, isn't there? Excellent. And then because I'm re- uh, reducing my you know my debt, uh, even if the, the interest rate go up uh, as they did, uh, it was a little bit mitigated by the reduction of debt. So it, it was not perfect. Obviously, I did enjoy the <laughs> the hike of interest, but you know it was much less terrible than it could have been if I had been leveraged to, you know, to the top. And, uh, oh, well, you know, as someone who, who lived all the way through the, the credit crunch, you know, uh, I built my portfolio, the bulk of my portfolio um, at high interest rates. And I've always said to everyone, you know, you if even if you've got low interest rates, you've got to spreadsheet it and go, right, what happens if? Because, you know, we're looking at rules and regulations across the country, Scotland and Wales, that overnight change. And you can't just sit here in England and go, well, this never happen. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, and uh, not only legislation, stuff that happens during the, in the world, you know, Ukraine and now in Israel, all of that will impact in one way or another. And, uh, you know, at the beginning when I started, I didn't really think about the external environment. And then, you know, my mentors always said, the environment, certain environment is going to impact your business in a way or another. And, uh, you know, it's never been more real than the last three years. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, Actually, so during COVID, what happened? Because you've got foreign students. Were they still here? Or no, they all what I did is uh, uh, because of Brexit, I had to change. Uh, uh, so I started with my foreign people and then Brexit kicked in. And uh, obviously that had an impact. But uh, the beauty of what, Oh, not the beauty is a big word, but what I'm, I, I, I love what I've done is I always choose properties where um, there are potential different streams of tenants because uh, I fully appreciate that yep. one stream might dry out, another one can open. So all my properties, I'm lucky because I'm in Bristol, in the part of Bristol that has all of that. They are always near the biggest hospital in the Southwest, near the university and near so not the biggest company in the world, like uh, Rolls Royce, Airbus, and so on. So what happened during when Brexit kicked in, I decided to turn my attention to the hospital and to, and to yep. the professional. And so I started first with the professional because it was uh, much, much easier. So we started having a lot of people, especially from Airbus and so on. And then three years later, we managed to get into the hospital, the South Mid Hospital in Bristol. And now we do almost rent to rent to rent to rent. So we have got a contract directly with the NHS. Okay. So it's guaranteed. So they, the NHS will never default. So they always pay. They might pay late your invoice, which is a little bit of a problem sometimes. But uh, once the first invoice is paid, all the following 11 get paid. So it's only the first one usually is late. But then it's guaranteed. So now what happened is, you know, we had a professional and then COVID kicked in and the professional dry out a little bit because they thought, why should I stay in a room here when I can work from home in Cornwall? So they went away. But, you know, all yeah. the nurses then kicked in. And uh, so now a lot of my properties are with, uh, with NHS. And, um, and that is a clear example that if you've got different streams, if something goes wrong in one, you pick up the other one. That's also about being really on top of your yeah. figures and, and being aware of what's going on and dropping everything and going, right, it's a bit of a pivot moment. We've got to sort of sort this out. Absolutely. absolutely. And also having a, a mitigation plan. Uh, you know, when I go to my yes. account with Jilly, they always laugh at me because they always 
do my plan on, you know, the world is going to disappear. And uh, which obviously is not. But, you know, if I, but if I know that my business can, uh, you know, still be there if the world disappears, I feel okay because uh, that's the worst case scenario that I know that will probably never happen. But, you know, who could have uh, yeah. predicted COVID, the worst, Brexit, all this kind of stuff. Oh, I mean, oh, it's one. impossible. So so I was very close to my worst case scenario, okay, <laughs> with what has happened. And that also means that, you know, one of the questions I always ask people is, you know, do they have financial cushions? Because you've got to be able to pay the bills, haven't you? It's no good waiting for the money to come in. And is that something you keep very much a, a cushion? I do. And what uh, what I have got is for every single company, even for us as a, my wife and I as a family, We've got a main account, which I call day-to-day account. And then we've got a lot of sub-accounts. And in each sub-account, we move money as a standing order every month, as you taught me. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, we, which is... I mean, it's, you can call them jam jars or anything, but it makes such it a does. difference, you know, doesn't as it? As you know, I was quite reluctant at the beginning. and um, But it's brilliant. It's the... the one of the best things I ever done. So every month, for example, my personal account, I've got money for tax, money for maintenance, money for traveling, and then the money for God knows what's going to happen. Okay, and uh, every month we put yeah. an ex- exact amount of money that we have every year. We decide what, how much we put there, and then um, with the business we have got our day-to-day account where you know all the income and all the expenses go out. But then we've got the tax one sub-account, the maintenance one, and again, another one for unknown, okay? And, uh, you know, when I pay my yeah. my taxes in September, you know, which, thank God, uh, is not a small amount, which I'm happy about because it means I'm making, you know, profit. Means you're Except, making so money, So I'm yes, one of the absolutely. few that say, I'm not disappointed I'm making, I'm paying tax. I want to, you know, minimize legally how much I pay. But if if I pay taxes, it's a good sign, in my opinion. And, um, you know, in September, I don't need to panic. I say, oh, I need to find this amount because every month I go there and magically in September, I got all the amount there. And so it's just an additional payment and it's done. It's stress-free completely. And, uh, and then the other thing that allows you to do is you really live with the money that you really I got it because sometimes cash flow can, uh, you know, mask your situation because, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes I still got some uh, foreign tenants and sometimes because they are outside England, they pay a front for 12 months. So you got this big lump sum that if it says my day-to-day account, I say, oh, I'm making a lot of money, but it's not really because then it's to be spread in 12 months. Okay. So I put it back into an yeah. account and then every month. I pay one twelve into my day to that kind, so it's as it should be, and, and I love all of that. Yes. You know, it's, uh, but it, so that really does again. That comes back to clarity of really good business absolutely. mindset, isn't it? Because so many people completely misunderstand their turnover in absolutely. their bank is not their turnover. Profit. What do you say? Turnover is vanity, and profit is sanity. Yes. <laughs> <That's absolutely good>. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I heard this somewhere. I say that's exactly what it is. It's good for your ego. The two million, two Absolutely, million part, but not two necessarily. Parts, but you can still make it loss. Yeah. So. Yes, and people do, don't they? Huge turnovers. 
And likewise, particularly for those people who have never run a business before, they don't realize how many expenses go through the books. Absolutely. So they will look they will look somebody up in company's house and they'll say to me on a on a mention call, well, they're not very successful because they've got tuplets in the bank. And I go, I think you need to look at how they're accounting again, what it is, how they set it up, what they're doing. That makes a difference. So you can't just go. I'm going to look into their accounts and work out how much they've got in their bank. And then therefore they're either succeeding or not. It's all down to what they want to do. Absolutely. And how they're accounts- Absolutely. And in fact, uh, sorry for interrupting that point, but I think it's a good point. What they do every month, I've got, you know, you ask me about software. One of the software I've got is yes. Zero, which is an accountancy software, and uh, which I love it. And um, at the beginning of the year, I put all the budget per house per month and then the overheads as well. And every single month on the fifth of each month, I run my profit and loss and balance sheet monthly reporting where I got the budget that I set up at the beginning of the year. And then the actual what I've actually achieved that month. And then uh, the difference. Achieved. And obviously if the difference is positive, it means I've done better. But if it's negative, something went wrong. But And then I analyze every single bits of pieces of the profit and loss. And, uh, you know, it takes me two, three hours every month, but uh, it allows me really, A, to understand 100% of my business. But B, if there is something that is going wrong, I spot it as soon as it starts, you know? I don't want to wait, you know, till March or the next year when my, my accountant say, Giuseppe, you know that you lost 20,000 pounds because of this and that. It's just too late. That is gone, you know? And, uh, late. and the amazing thing is that people who are in business today do not realize how lucky they are. Because when I started, zero QuickBooks, they weren't around. And you really did either have to be a whiz with double entry bookkeeping. And I, I do have bookkeeping qualifications because I realized when I came into this that that's where you lose your money Absolutely. on the books. We used to originally, I remember the first few years, you'd do all your books every single month. You had a rough idea, but you couldn't really interrogate them in the way you can zero. But you would have to wait basically 18 months after the first months had happened to be told that you were doing something wrong and you had to amend it. Anyone working today needs, you know, you said three hours, it takes me three to five hours a month. That is what your business person should be doing, working on their business um, you know, that's a good use of your time, isn't it? It is. And I had, to be fair, I also like it. I've got finance background, so uh, I I love spreadsheets. Yes. <laughs> I'm addicted to spreadsheets. Uh, yeah. But again, back to my control freak uh, situation is because uh, I do all of that, uh, I feel I'm in control. And I am in control, to be fair, because I know every single, you know, yes. uh, transaction in my, in my business, I know it by heart, you know? And... Um, and it's the best way to spend my my time. And then, uh, and if there is something that is going wrong, we can fix it immediately. And if something going well, you say, well, actually, this line of business is going really well. Like at the moment, ten and finder business is going better than we thought it was going. And uh, I say, okay, should we do it a little bit more? Because, you know, there is clearly a business there yeah. and opportunity. So just push on that direction and uh, you know you just you need to have a plan that is quite specific but you need to review the plan every two or three months and uh, you will never go from a to z you know in a line in a straight line but as long as you just zag as close as possible to that line you are doing well i think and uh yeah because i mean we first worked together when you did a, a strategy day with me in fact two days and um i think you were quite amazed at some of the questions i asked yeah. you 
because you thought, well, that wasn't, that's not business. I don't need to know about that. But actually, business is about your whole life, isn't it? It is. It is. You know, I had to go through all my bank statements. That at the time I say, what do I need to spend my, waste my time in that way? But, you know, I do it every year now. <laughs> Believe it or not, and and uh, and I love it, and uh, you know I teach my my mentees as well. Said so that's, that's you need to do, especially because they say you've got to do it. Haven't I you? need ten thousand pounds per month. I say, why do you think so? I said, well, that's a number that you know that's a standard number that everyone wants to achieve. So, but but maybe you need two thousand pounds. Why do you want to kill yourself if you need two thousand pounds? Or maybe you need fifty thousand mm-hmm. pounds with the way you are now. Okay, so just doing yes. So just doing a very detailed analysis of your income and cost for the six months. And then uh, what I learned when I did exercise from you is say, well, actually we can tweak that. You know, we were, I'm very open here. We were spending a huge amount of time and money in, uh, in shopping. And that's because I've got waitress yeah. outside there, you know, and, uh, but you know, well, and the problem yes. is, you know, if you buy the soap, the soap is uh, the same brand, the same. If you go to Lidl or to Waitress, the product is the same, but the price in Waitress 20% more than in Lidl. So now, since we did that exercise, all the standard stuff that is packaged, we buy them in Lidl because they cost 20% less than uh, than in, um, in Waitress. And, you know, these small things make a massive difference in your bank account, in your life. And um, yes, and and also you've got to understand when when you start out, and people often start a business without an end in sight. You've got to know where you're absolutely. going, haven't you? You've got to have targets. You've got to have understanding of what absolutely. it is you're going to do, and that again comes right back to um, what are you doing now? How are you going to do it? What can you? You know, some people set themselves targets that are unachievable absolutely. because they haven't got skills. And one of the things you worked out very early on was that you, you had to upgrade your skills regularly and, and find new, you know, learn more. And that's yes. one of the things we, we both like that. doing, isn't it? Learning something <laughs> Absolutely. new. Absolutely. Yes. It's very important. Well, yeah, it makes you it- need to do all of that. And the way we did it is, you know, we had, uh, we did all the analysis on how much money we really needed. And I said, okay, that's the end goal. They say it was 10,000 pounds. Uh, it's not that amount, but just to explain the concept. I said, okay. In order to get 10,000 pounds net in my pocket every month, how many houses do I need? So then from the end goal, I reverse engineer to how many houses I need. And then when I've got all the number of houses, I say, okay, how much money do I need uh, to, to get those houses in a rent-to-rent or BRR? And then, you know, you keep reversing engineer that one. At the end, you've got the plan for the month, the plan for the week, and then you just execute it. But it's all start from the end the result. And um, and that's in my opinion the yeah. way you can achieve. In fact, we achieved that goal two years ago, and we decided we are happy with that goal. We don't want to to move forward, so we are not expand. I cannot, you know, copy and paste what I done the last ten years and keep going up, up, up. But I said, well, it's more than enough for what we need. Let's stop it, and uh, you know, just yes. it. we've got more time. Yeah, you don't need to rebuild. No, shell. absolutely not. Absolutely, you're building. Absolutely, you know, and now it means that I've got more time available, and I'm spending more holidays. And my goal for this year is to be on holiday every single time the school closes. So I want to be like a student holiday wise. Okay, <laughs> John, that is pretty. Big goal. I like that. It's not on everyone's bucket list, it but is. it's really very good. But how? How? Um, you're still building. You know, you still have your um, rent rents. 
How does someone find a rent to rent rather because it's you know it's a very odd concept, isn't it? Because yeah. one thing somebody would say is, why on earth? Why are they, why are they giving it to you? Why wouldn't Absolutely. they go and do it themselves? So rent to rent is a very simple concept. You rent a property from a lender, you re-rent it to your client, your tenants. Okay, so the concept is not difficult, you know, and that's the problem because a lot of people think that's a simple business. So we watch two videos on YouTube where we can run it and then they destroy the name on that. And that's the problem. You know how many times I speak with the letting agents and say, and accept what you want. We gave a chance with the year, somebody was doing that one 10 years ago and they destroyed everything. We don't take any risk anymore. And that's really annoys me because, you know, as you know, I spent a lot of money and time in educating myself. That's the only way to run a business, okay? But in general, you find the rent-to-rent property in two ways, either directly from a landlord or via uh, a letting agency. And uh, both of them work. Personally, I much prefer, and that's what I did, I built the vast majority of my business, uh, rent-to-rent business, through letting agencies. And the reason for that is because I'm basically a lazy person, from that point of view, because <laughs> oh, you and I are on the same sheet. <laughs> but there is a <laughs> there is a way I say that is because um, this is a people business, okay? So you make it or you don't make it if you are good or not good in building a relationship. It's as simple as that, okay? So yeah. for me, the sim- my simple might say if I build a strong relationship with one letting agent, so one person in the letting agency, okay? then I can leverage all the network and the portfolio that letting agents has got of the uh, lenders. And, you know, through one relationship, which I need to build, nurture, and keep up, I can get multiple properties. In fact, I've got, you know, several properties here, and I work just with the three letting agents in Greece. And there are only 52 letting agents in Greece. I just work with three just because I don't need more. Okay. Yep. And um, so that's what, and the other thing that is, I personally like uh, doing with the letting agency is they usually got better houses than, you know, a lot of private landlords on Gumtree. Uh, having said all of that, my first three properties were found directly from a landlord because what I did is if you are the owner of a, a licensed HMO, all your information is on a database which is available through your um, uh, your council. So what I did 10 years ago, I got that list of landlords in Bristol, and uh, there were at that time 1,200 landlords there. And well, um, I sent 800 letters to, to them and basically pitched my, my business and so on. And uh, so I sent 800 letters. I got three answers. Two of them. Wait, wait, <laughs> it's, not, it's not finished yet. So I got three answers. <laughs> which I was already, you know, depressed. And then two of them, Excellent. they say, please remove me from your database. I say, fantastic. That's a brilliant business, I mean. But the last one, the number three, I say, I like your concept. Can we meet up? And this was uh, a younger, yeah, it was in his early 30, uh, Landro, who was renting all his portfolio, had a fairly big portfolio to, to people on benefits. And... Uh, but then it got to a point where uh, the property were uh, run down a little bit more quickly. You know, that's know. the side effect potentially of, of that market. And he said, I'm sick and tired of having to replace everything. I know that the council pays for it, but, you know, the asset keep getting depleted yeah. and destroyed all the time. I don't want to do that. And plus, he wants to move 
a different type of business where you want to build, you know, block of flats and stuff like that. So he said, I want to be completely hands off. And, um, and he gave me three properties. So, you know, percentage wise, one, uh, one out of 800, that's but you just need one. Absolutely. And that's what they say with uh, rent to rent. You know, rent to rent uh, is an average, rent to rent HMO, which is what I specialize. The gross margin is uh, around five, six hundred pounds uh, per property. Okay. So yep. if you think of the average um, salary in the UK, which is roughly 2,000, 2,500 pounds, you need only five properties. So a lot of people think, oh, to do rent to rent, you need to build, you know, a massive portfolio. You need to conquer the full uh, country. So, you need five properties. It's as simple yeah. as that, you know. And uh, but, but, that is, but you just put your finger on a button on a button there, which is something I bleat about quite often. I get told I bleat um, uh, because you know it, people get this assumption when they start off that they've oh. got to be the biggest, they've got to be working twenty four seven, and you know th- there's no Just, end in sight. And if you only do the numbers, you realise you need five. Yeah, yeah. Or whatever it is. In my first year, I got six. And uh, working 10 hours a week. Okay, so 10 hours a week to make, you know, 25,000 pounds gross margin at the end of the year. It's not bad, you know? That's a salary, okay? 10 hours a week. And then at that point, then I hired the person who worked with me. And then at that point, I was on top of the business and not in the business. And then I went back big. And that's the way I replaced my big salary the year later. Because, you know, from six, we went above 20 very, very quickly. And um, but it is also about the fact that you did say there, year three, there is this assumption that you know, you get as soon as you find property, you've got a jack in your day job and you've just got to achieve full parity on salary within 12 months. I, I that's so not going to happen, is it? No, it's not going to happen, and it's not right to happen for two reasons. First of all, you might not like it because everybody thinks so, it's great, you know, still now, 10 years later, sometimes I think. If I said in Rochelle, you know, flying business class, you know, five stars hotel, you know, it was not a bad life, okay? <laughs> and I, instead of <laughs> taking care of, you know, a, a leaking shower in the South yeah. Middle, okay? And, um, but more importantly is, especially we are in rent is even more important. When you go to the letting agents, they need to reference you, you know? And so if they reference your newly, be, newly created business, you will fail everything. So the way I managed to get my first few properties, I, I know that my business will not pass the, um, the references. However, Giuseppe, Angel, my wife, as a director, we are the guarantor there. And what guarantees you guys is, you know, Michelle Paisley, Angel was working for another big corporation. So we had those two. And that way for us to pass all the references. So I always say, at least year one, yeah. don't ditch your job, please. You know, because that without yeah. that job, you will find much harder to get the kids of the first property. And um, so, yeah, I'm a big believer that you should not leave your job, at least in the first year, ideally in the first two years. And as I said, you just need 10 hours a, a, a week. You know, obviously, when you get the keys of the property for the first two weeks, it's much longer than that. Oh. It's hands-on. But then when it's up and running, which usually happens within the first month, huh? you know, then you really need 10 hours a week, which if you divide by seven is an hour and a half hour per day. You don't need to do it in one shot. You can do it in three. The way we used to do it is half an hour before going to the office, half an hour lunchtime, after uh, half an hour after six o'clock. Everybody's got half an hour. 
Yeah, even the CEO of the biggest company. It's, uh, it's, it's as simple yes. as that. Okay. And um, yeah. so rent to rent, you yeah. know, it's a great. It's been good to you, hasn't it? And you know this works because you've had a time in, in the last few years when you haven't been able to do your 10 hours a week. You, you know, family reasons have meant that you've had to be Absolutely, elsewhere, yeah. really, mentally. It does work. And, you know, it's um, this year, the beginning of the year, I had some big, big health scare in my family. My wife, my sister, my son, my dad. It's been a disaster. Thank God they are all here and we went through it. But that meant that, you know, from February till July, August, we were not really working. You know, we were just firefighting. If it was an emergency, we were taking care of it. But it's basically that it. It was probably a few hours a week, really, three or four hours a week, if that. And, um, but then, you know, in September, I started again doing all my analysis that I didn't do for the first seven months. And you know what? Bang gone on plan. And, you know, and I said, well, if just working a few hours right. a week with my head completely in a different place anyway, not even concentrated, you missed, you know, all the processes, all the, you know, the setup, all the automation, it really do work. So, yeah, it's been a, a roller coaster of emotion the first few years. But, you know, just thinking five, six years, you change completely your life and you create something for the next generation. It's not bad. <laughs> it's not bad, is it? And, you know, you, you're absolutely right. It's, it is about building something very stable at the beginning, doing the boring stuff. You know, you weren't yeah. frightened of doing the boring stuff, which is making the yeah, Loom photo, you know, video about how to send an email that, and all the rest of it. All this stuff that people think are niff, naff and trivia, they, they are so important. And, you know, you've now created this business that will keep you going for however long you want. Where can people find you on, I mean, presumably you're on social media and all those sorts of things. I know you are. I see, yes, I'm, um, I'm very active on LinkedIn. At the moment, yeah. I so my name is Giuseppe Leone, and uh, I've got the spell that for this word English. Yeah, well, it's yeah, it's G I U S E P P E. Leone is L E O N E. Otherwise, you can find me on Facebook as well. Uh, I've got a website which is www.rent2rentexpert.com, two written in number. And, um, and there you can find all my, my access. And, um, yeah, I, as I say, I'm mainly active on um, LinkedIn. I started in the beginning with Facebook, but I prefer, I like the, you know, the fact that LinkedIn is a proper business platform. I'm not saying that I don't like Facebook. I love Facebook, but, uh, I'm focusing more on that one. And, um, yeah. You can't be everywhere. You really can't be everywhere. The links are all in the show notes so people will be able to follow you through. But I know that from past experience that a lot of people, when they're listening, will then immediately drop yes, down to try and find you, which is why I asked you to spell your name. Because yes, I'm like, exactly. Yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I don't have an easy name. Right? But- well, I, I I have an easy name, Rachel, That's but cool. I spell it differently. So uh, I always have, I always have to say, you know, this is how I spell so, my name so that people can find it. Um, and you know, I never rely on anyone ever finding it. And it has been known, as it was pointed out to me by one of my mentees the other day, that I spelt my own name wrong because so I'm so bad at dyslexic. <laughs> and that's why I've got two kids <laughs> and two boys, and we gave them really easy names that uh, they can be pronounced in any language because. The struggle I've got every time people don't find me because they misspell my name is terrible. So I don't want them to do the same. 
It is, isn't it? I agree with you. Well, thank you so much for finding the time today. You know, I've taken I've taken I've taken an hour out of your <laughs> ten hours this it's week. It's been the so. best hour of the week, to be honest. I love this call. Thank you so much for having me, and it's brilliant. Not at all. Super. Thank you for listening to the Property Solopreneur with me, Rachel Troughton. If you've enjoyed this episode, do hit subscribe and kindly leave a review and share this podcast with anyone you think it would help on their property journey. If you'd like to get hold of my guide for building a successful property business, go to racheltroughton.com forward slash checklist. We only live one life. So let's get your dream a reality through building a profitable property business.